The gospel is based on those who receive it because, here it is, this is the point of Christmas, because they understand by the illumination of the Holy Spirit that they have a dire spiritual need, that they're dying spiritually. And only Jesus can pay the price. Welcome to This Day in the Word with Pastor John Couch, the radio teaching ministry of This Day Ministries. It is a joy to have you listening today, and we pray that you will be encouraged, challenged, and motivated to live for God like never before. And now, with today's message, here's Pastor John Couch. Father, we come before you today and Oh Lord, our, our hearts are resonating and exuding such gratitude, a joy that the world cannot give, that in the midst of just challenges just all over our world today. In the midst of this light versus dark battle that continues to rage with with fury and with venom, as your word says, we're sorrowful, but we're always rejoicing. So Father, on this day, this Christmas day, that only comes around once in a while on a Sunday, God, we don't take this lightly. We treasure you, Lord. We worship you today. We hallow your name. That your kingdom come and our kingdoms be gone. That your will be done and our will, our desires, our selfishness, God, that, that it would be eradicated and exterminated. And oh God, all we want is you today. All we want is you. And so Lord, give us boldness, give us courage. Don't allow us to float along with the culture. But I pray all over this room today, you would rise up mighty warriors of the cross of Jesus Christ. God, I pray all over this room you'd raise up men especially that would begin to pastor their homes and shepherd their homes and and lead in holiness and godliness. And and even though that they're being pulled as all men as we are being pulled, Lord, that that we'd drive a stake in the ground here on this Christmas day and simply just not declare but simply begin to live as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord regardless of the cost. And even if none go with us, we're still following you, Jesus. Oh God, I pray as we open this glorious book, the Bible. Holy Spirit, I pray right now that you would move in power. I pray right now, Holy Spirit, you block out every distraction. Holy Spirit, I ask that whatever schemes of the enemy he's trying to do at this very moment, God, I pray his schemes, his plans would would come to nothing. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would open the eyes of the blind spiritually. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would unclog the spiritually deaf ears right now. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would Just prepare fertile ground in my heart and every heart here and those that are listening online or on the radio. God, I pray that that you would create fertile soil right now. Not rebellious, stiff-necked hearts, but, but soft, tender hearts. Not prideful hearts, but humble hearts. To receive the Word of God gladly. The greatest news ever 
Jesus Christ. May we receive it today. May we continue to receive it. Just not a one-time event, O oh God, but I pray it would last our entire life of the transforming power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. O oh God, to you be the praise. God, to you be the glory. Hide me behind the shadows of the cross. May we not see the messenger, but may we just see the message whose name is Jesus. Lord, we love you. We're surrendered to you. Have your way with us today. And we pray this all in the mighty and the matchless name of the Savior Jesus who came to this earth. And we pray this in His name and His name only. And all God's people said, Amen. We're pausing from our expositional study in the book of Acts. And I want you to take your Bible and turn to Galatians. Galatians chapter 4, looking at two verses today, so I invite you and I pray you do have your Bible. If you don't, the verses will be on the screens. As you're turning there, one of the heavy burdens on my heart today, really there's two. One is what we're going through in our culture and even this volatile disagreement between do we have church on Christmas or not. I feel like I need to address this briefly. The best way you can spend with your family is to be in the house of the Lord celebrating the greatest birth that has ever been birthed. Uh, it's not being holier than thou. It's not being judgmental for those that are choosing not to. But if we continue to go down this path, what's going to happen on Easter? It's a family day. It's a fun day. You see, the enemy is always looking for just a, a chink in the armor. He's, he's always looking for just a, a crevice in the door. If he can just get a crevice, he doesn't need an open door, he just needs a crevice. And if he can get a crevice, that's all he needs. My, my second burden is this, and this one burdens my heart so deeply. I fear for professed believers all over this world today that have no clue what the real purpose of Christmas is. Don't have any idea. I pray as we open these two verses, I pray that as the Holy Spirit is moving even right now, like right now as you're sensing the Holy Spirit in your life, I'm sensing Him in my life that He's moving, He's stirring. You know what I'm talking about, right? You, you just sense he's, he's got your attention, He's got my attention, He's working, He's doing something. And I pray right now as we open these two short verses that you're going to walk away from here going, ah, oh, so, so that's the meaning of Christmas. Well, I've been in church all my life and didn't realize that that was the meaning. And I pray as we open these glorious two verses that we'll see when we end the service today of the purpose of Christmas. Paul writes in Galatians chapter 4, and he says these words. Just listen closely. Chapter 4, Galatians 4 and 5. But when the fullness of time had come, what did God do? Do we know, church? He sent forth his son, born of a woman, very important here, born under the law. We're going to explain this. 
Now, there's always a why. You know this. So, when you read Scripture, there's always a why. You should, if you're an inductive studier of Scripture, which I pray everyone is, that, that you got your Bible open, your notes are there, you're, you're listening to the Holy Spirit, and, and as He's speaking, boy, you're, you're beginning to jot things down because that's how He works, and you're going to see very clearly here there's always a why in Scripture. It's verse 5. Here it is. Here's the nugget. It says this, Galatians 4, verse 5, to redeem those who were under the law. And then there's a second why, so that we might receive adoption as sons. Now, if you're a true believer here today, and I pray everyone is, but if it's true, it's real, not phony, not baloney, not Mickey Mouse, not a show, but, but it's real, like you're surrendered, like you're holding nothing back, you've given your life to Jesus, no matter what happens in your life, that you're just, you're surrendered, you're not turning back, you're like, I'm going full steam ahead. If that's you here today, this is a hearty Baptist shouting moment after you read these two verses, amen? Well, let me read this one more time and let these sink in. Here it is, Galatians 4, Paul writes, Apostle Paul had a just horrific life in the physical flesh, but he looked towards the reward. He says this, but when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law. Why? To redeem, to redeem those who are under the law. Why? So that we might receive adoption as sons. And all God's people said. It's interesting as I look at my Bible here in front of me, as you look as well, verse 4, but when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth His Son, born of a woman, born under the law. So this is what's so cool. If you don't know this by now, I pray that God will just crystallize it in your mind, in your heart, in your soul, even this morning. The fullness of time means this, that at God's sovereign, perfect time, I think one of the things that, that drives me nuts is when someone says, hey, good luck. <laughs> good luck. Like, what does that even mean? <laughs> good luck. I'm not operating on luck. I, I rest in the sovereignty of God. I move, I live, I walk in the sovereignty of God. God is never early. He's never late. He's always right on time. He doesn't take a break. He doesn't take naps. He doesn't go to sleep. He doesn't have recess. He, he's always working. He's behind the scenes working out an eternal weight of glory in your life, the true believer, in your life perhaps today. Perhaps you're not a true believer, that you've never given your life to Jesus that he can still be working behind the scenes to John 6, not on the screens, that he can woo and he can draw and he can stir. And the moment by his sovereign plan that he woos and draws and stirs, and he brings you to himself. No one can come to the Father unless he brings them. It's very clear. We can run around, we can do all the famous stuff, we can do performances, light shows, we can have a good time leaving the church house, but we can leave eternally lost as a goose. Right here, in the fullness of time, when it came to that very point in time, at that moment, in, on that day that God said, okay, here we go. Power of the manger is set in motion. Here it goes. Power of the manger It's going to lead to the power of the cross. It's going to lead to the power of the empty tomb because when God works, he begins with the end in mind. He's a God of order, not a God of happenstance. Again, he's not wishing himself luck. Boy, I hope this thing works out. No, he knows exactly what he's doing in the fullness of time. And if anyone, if anyone would have resonated with this thought, it would have been the Apostle Paul. Damascus Road, Acts 9. Jesus goes, hey, Paul. Hey, Saul, actually. Saul, Saul, Saul. Why are you persecuting me? Why are you living for the world? You're going nowhere. I'm going to choose you right now to be a chosen vessel of mine that you might suffer greatly for my name. Thirteen epistles later, dies at the hands of Nero, beheaded, 
In the flesh, we'd go, failure, failure, failure. God goes, that's my boy, Paul. That's my boy. See, in the fullness of time in your life today, in the fullness of time in your life today, God's working. He's fashioning and he's weaving this, this tapestry in your life and my life. And there's a lot of pain and disappointments and, and things that are just simply not fair as you live for the Lord. And, and so many times, and we've all been there, for you that are a true believer in Christ, you go, God, why are you doing this? God, I've given my life to you. I've surrendered my family to you. Why are you allowing this into my life? And that's when he goes, it's, it's all in the fullness of my plan. It's for your good. And it's for my glory. And when you think in that realm, when you begin to look, when you begin to shift your mind away from self and you shift it to God, you begin to shift it to God and go, God, well, what are you doing? I don't know what you're doing. I don't like it. It's lousy. It stinks. Comma. God, even if you don't go my way, I'm still going your way. That's the fullness of God's time. What did he do in your Bible in front of you in this context? He sent forth his son. We talked about this more in depth last night. God incarnate. We talked about the Virgin Mary, the shepherds are the first ones to hear, the outcasts of society. God goes, I'm going to give the most precious message that's ever hit planet earth to the outcasts. He sends forth his son, born of a woman, born in the flesh. This confirms Jesus' humanity. Make a note though, it's sinless. I don't care what Hollywood says or what Washington says or what any books say, I know this according to the book, the Bible, the B-I-B-L-E, yes, that's the book for me. I stand alone on the Word of God, the B-I-B-L-E. I know according to Scripture that if I believe this, which I do, and I pray you do as well, that my Jesus, my Savior, my Rescuer, my Redeemer, He never sinned. He's born of this woman under the law. And you got to remember that under the curse of the sentence of the law, that when you break the law, you got to pay. You got to pay up. And Jesus is born into this humanity. It's God incarnate, God in the flesh. And he's born without sin under this law. And by the way, I pray that when you look at a cross that's behind me, I pray every time you look at a cross that you look at that cross and it tells you, it tells me that we're beyond self-repair. We can't fix ourselves. That's the whole point. That's the whole point. You just throw yourselves on Jesus. And you can attempt to obey every detail of the law, but it won't happen. You'll only end up exhausted, frustrated, but this also signifies right here in verse 4, Christ's deity. And that Jesus had to be the substitute. See, the purpose of Christmas is not to open a bunch of gifts under that tree. The purpose of Christmas is to celebrate the greatest gift that hung on that tree. The purpose of Christmas is not to open a bunch of gifts under that tree. And parents, let me speak to you for a moment. What you minimize, so will your children. What you minimize, so will your children. When you put Jesus first and you go, you know what? I am the pastor of my home as this dad. I lead this home. God's going to hold me accountable can't blame anyone else. I'm not a victim. I'm going to pass the buck. I'm going to be held accountable. Those children are going to follow in that. When you don't lead in that, they're going to follow. Let's not be so concerned about the presence under that tree. But let's be overly concerned. Desperation. For the greatest gift that hung on that tree. I wrote this down in my notes, key number one. I invite you to write it down in your notes as well. 
the only solution to the penalty of our sin was for God to send his sinless son Jesus to free us from our sin. Key number one, write it down. The only solution to the penalty of our sin was for God to send his sinless son Jesus to free us from our sin. We are in a spiritual famine in our land. There's a spiritual famine all over the United States of America. It's everywhere. I want Jesus to be my buddy. Glad I got Jesus. Glad he can bless my plans. When I'm sick, I can pray and he'll make me feel better. So glad I don't have to surrender to him though. That's the narrative that's being pushed even in churches all over this land. Tell people to surrender, which the Bible clearly, 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 clearly states. And the pushback is immense. The mission of Christ was just not to come to planet Earth. It was just not to go to the cross. But understand the purpose was that he would conquer the grave. If Jesus today only is in a manger, we're all in trouble. If he just dies on a cross, we're still in trouble. But when he rises on the third day and he conquers sin and he conquers death and, and the tomb is forever empty, that's the new birth. That's the, the new regeneration in Christ. That's why he came. You know, often you hear about in our culture, you know, people go, well, don't call it Christmas. Say, you know, happy holidays. Say merry holidays. I've even heard that one before. That's weird. Merry holidays. What are we, what's going on here? To those people that are so against Christmas, I got an idea for you guys. For all those people out there that go, we don't want, you can't say Christmas. I got an idea. How about this? How about since Christmas break and your Christmas vacation is all grounded in Jesus, if you don't want to embrace him, how about you go to school? <laughs> how about you go to work? Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. It's just the insanity of where we live in this Jesus-hating culture. The Bible says, this is what the Bible says in Romans chapter 3, 21 through 26. Listen closely. Under key number one, let me read key number one one more time. The only solution, there's only one, there's not a bunch, to the penalty, make it personal. This is how you're going to really understand Christmas. Make it personal. My sin, my sin, my sin nailed in there. It's for God to send his sinless son Jesus to free us from our sin. Romans 3, 21 through 26. But now the righteousness of God has been manifested Apart from the law, interesting, although the law and the prophets bear witness to it, the righteousness of God through faith in who? Jesus Christ, for all who believe, we're going to explain this here in a moment, for there is no distinction, for all, you guys know this one, you got this embroidered on your toothbrush, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. 24, we don't read this very often. And are justified. We're declared righteous. How? By his grace as a gift. There's the gift. There's the purpose of Christmas. How? Through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God put forth as a propitiation. It means this in the original that God's wrath is satisfied, that God gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. This is what God did. He goes, my wrath is burning so hot. My wrath is burning so hot that I'm going to give what's most precious to me, my only begotten son, to actually, here's where this gets wild, to actually, for the person who gives their life to Christ, and it's true, it's real, he's actually given his only son so that his son's blood will protect that person from God himself. You're listening to This Day in the Word, the radio teaching ministry of This Day Ministries. All of Pastor Couch's messages are archived and are free to download at thisdayministries.org. 
In addition, you can share your prayer requests with us via email. Our email address for prayer requests is prayer at thisdayministries.org. That's prayer at thisdayministries.org. And now, back to This Day in the Word with Pastor John Couch. Whom God put forth as a propitiation by His blood to be received by faith. This was to show God's righteousness because in what? His divine forbearance. Oh, He's patient. He's passed over former sins. It was to show His righteousness at the present time. Why? So that He might be just and the justifier of what? The one who has faith in Jesus. You know, it's interesting that word believe is in there. On the screens, you're going to see the most famous verse. It's at football games. People wear it who probably don't even understand it. For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have eternal life. Now, here's where, again, this just gets off the rails. It's a man-centered theology. I mean, if you go to a bunch of people and go, hey, who doesn't want to rot in hell? And who wants to go to heaven? I mean, you'd have to be a raging idiot to go, no. But, but who really wants to believe in him? See, this is where this, at some point in our culture, has been hijacked. Like Satan is hijacking so much stuff. He's a counterfeit. Like, like Santa's hijacking Christmas this year. The word believe means this. It's threefold. When you look at the hermeneutical word believe, it means that it's intellectual. It means there's an emotional response. And thirdly, it means it's a surrender of the will. Boy, it gets different, doesn't it? Well, I believe in Jesus. What does that mean? Now, you know, I talk to people all over the community and where I go, and you believe in Jesus. Oh, great. What does that mean? What's that look like? And what you hear is there's this intellectual ascent that they understand who Jesus is. Has there been any emotional response in their life that they look at their life and they go, wait a minute, Jesus came to this earth to rescue me, to save me, because apart from Him, I'll be eternally banished from God's presence, and, and I need Him, and, and oh God, you're the air I breathe. Very often do I hear about that third component of that word believe, which is they surrender the will. John 17, verse 3, this is what the Bible says. And this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you've sent. So, so here's the purpose of Christmas, that, that Jesus comes and through Christ, they may know the Father. The, the word know in the original language is the intimacy. That there's an intimacy there. there that there's, I, I want to be close. I want to hunger. I, I just want to be in your presence. That's what it means. And yet this easy believism is just killing spiritually people all over our country. Just raise your hand. Sign a card. You're in the club. And here's what's happening. At best, we're creating backsliders. And at worst, we're creating false converts. Because Jesus says this, you're either for me or against me. You're either gathering or you're scattering. You've got to remember, church, that if you're sitting on the fence this morning, Satan owns the fence. Do you really, this morning, know the true purpose of Christmas? Just not a cute Jesus story. Not, hey, let, let, let's read the Christmas story. We race through it. And then it's just like, let's tear apart all the gifts. And somehow we got Jesus to bless our gift opening. No talk about surrender. No talk about what it looks like to give everything away, to, to be a missionary that says, I'm going to sacrifice it all. 
And by the way, a missionary is just not someone who goes overseas. A missionary is every true believer in Christ who walks across the street. 1 John chapter 4, the Bible says in 9 and 10 of those glorious verses in chapter 4, 1 John, in this the love of God was made manifest among us. Why? That God sent His only Son into the world. Why? So that we might live through Him. Verse 10, in this love, not that we have loved God, but that what? He loved us and sent His Son to be, here it is again, the propitiation. He satisfies the wrath of God for our sins. If you're a true believer today, can you shout amen on that? Paul knew this, didn't he? You know what I love about the life of Paul? The life of Paul was a fight, not a fashion show. You guys ever heard of this thing called social media? You know what social media so often is? You send out your highlight reel, don't you? (laughs) You send out your highlight reel. This is the life I want to live. It's not true. I want to make sure everyone thinks this is the life I'm living, right? Just a part of the enemy and his schemes to deceive, to delude, get people buying into the counterfeit. Church, you know this, that those secret servants' agents, they train them on a $100 bill first. They show them the true one so that when they see a false one, so that when they see a false $100 bill, they instantaneously go false. This is why you have the Word of God. Remember, when you're in the Word of God, that, that you instantaneously go, that's a lie, lie, gossip, slander, lie. You just know because you, you're in the Word, you're in the truth. And yet so many who profess Christ never open their Bibles. What's the purpose of Christmas? Well, look at our last verse, verse 5. Galatians 4. To redeem those who are under the law. There's that under the law again. The penalty of the law. Can't fix yourself, can't fix myself. Only by the blood of Jesus. Why? So that we might receive adoption as sons. Now, this is amazing. When I think about the word redeem, the first thing that always comes to my mind are coupons. Coupons. I don't know if coupons still even really exist. Some people are couponers, I've heard over the years. And what do you do? You take a coupon, and you're saving money, and often it will say something about the manufacturer on the bottom in small print, and you're giving the coupon to that cashier, and what's happening is the manufacturer is buying back. They are purchasing back. That's exactly what this word means. When Jesus Christ, our Redeemer, we sing our Redeemer lives, what we're saying is this, He has purchased me with His blood. He's purchased me. That is the purpose of Christmas. That He would purchase those by faith through grace. That as they give their life to Him, as he gave his life as a ransom. Who's going to pay the ransom? You've watched the movies, right? Give us a ransom. We're going to hold this person hostage. And boy, spiritually, boy, this is, think about this illustration. The enemy's holding people hostage today. And Jesus is the ransom. But he pays the debt you and I could never pay. A second thought on this redeeming are organ transplants. When someone receives a new liver, a new heart, have you ever thought about this? That someone had to die so that they could live. Someone had to die so they could live. That's what Jesus did, that he came to redeem. He he came to say, I'm going to die for you. I'm going to die for you. I'm going to shed my blood. I'm going to first go to this manger, this feeding trough. I'm the bread of life. And whoever thirsts and hungers for me, the Bible says, will be satisfied. 
But thirdly, I thought of this in redemption, was this concept of slavery. This concept of slavery that was back in those days, as Paul is writing, and a slave could actually buy his own freedom. Or a slave could have someone else stand in their stead and say, I'm going to purchase a slave. I'm going to free them. That's exactly what Jesus is referring to here through the hand of Paul. That I'm going to stand in the gap. I'm going to go in the middle and I'm going to purchase back. That's the point of Christmas. You say, well, well, how do you know this? Well, look at the next part of this verse. So that we might... What's the word, church? Receive. No matter how you study this word receive, it is something that is given and something that is then taken hold of. Let me be very clear on this. If you're studying the Bible and you want to really understand what salvation looks like, if you really want to understand what Christmas means, this is not just a gift that is given and it sits by your life for the rest of your life. This is a gift that is embraced, is what this word means. It's a gift that is grabbed hold of. It's a gift that you sink your claws into. That you take it. And the only way, the only way that true believers will take this is that they understand their dire need. If you get in your car leaving the church house today and your tank is on E but you simply don't believe that you have a need for fuel, are you going to stop? No. The gospel is based on those who receive it because, here it is, this is the point of Christmas, because they understand by the illumination of the Holy Spirit that they have a dire spiritual need, that they're dying spiritually. And only Jesus can pay the price. There's only one solution. It's not just showing up to church and wearing the right stuff and singing the right stuff and having a good time and, hey, we leave and praise Jesus. No, this is about dying to self. This is about a life that goes, wait a minute, I'm finally getting this. The light bulb has been flickering. I've been in church all my life. I've served in church. I've held many positions in church. But the reality is I don't really understand this. This is what Christmas is all about. That we might receive. To be given and to take hold of what? And this is so cool. This is absolutely amazing. Here it is. Here's the last part. Let me read in context. Verse 5. To redeem those who are under the law, under the penalty of sin, the curse of the law. No way out is what he's saying. Why? So that we might receive, take hold of this gift as adoption as sons. As adoption as sons. God, look at this. God not only frees us from the darkness of spiritual slavery, but he adopts us as his own. He adopts us as his own. The Roman adoption of that day, this is very intriguing. Listen to this. In that day, there were rich people who didn't have any kids, and so what they would do, they would find a dude who had good integrity and good character, and they would adopt him. Because they want to pass on. It gave equal rights and privileges to that son being adopted. Same rights as a natural born child. That child is the offspring of another, but he becomes adopted into the new family. That's the spiritual lens you begin to look through. You begin to look through the spiritual lens. And for you that are truly saved, that you've been adopted. You've been adopted. We bring nothing to the table, by the way. You know that, don't you? 
Actually, let me retract that. The only thing we bring to the table is a big bag of sin. Jesus doesn't look at me and you and go, man, you're amazing. I need you on my team. No, we just, here, Jesus. Here it is. Here's the broken shards of my life. Just take it and and make it and restore it and redeem it and, and adopt me as your son. Adopt me as your daughter. And he goes, oh, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden. I will give you rest. That's the purpose of Christmas. And yet the frightening reality, here's the frightening reality in this Christmas. This is what the Bible teaches We either belong to Jesus or we belong to Satan. No, there's no in-between. You either belong to Jesus or you belong to Satan. And that's what the Bible teaches. Satan owns that fence. You're either walking in the light or you're walking in the darkness. And Jesus goes, wait a minute. I'm over here. That's what he did. I'm over here. I'm right here. What you're looking for, fulfillment and peace and joy and contempt. I'm right here. That's the purpose of Christmas. See, that's why our last key says it like this. Key number two. The purpose of Christmas is that Jesus would come to this earth and redeem those who surrender their lives fully to Him, and He will adopt them as His own. The purpose of Christmas, key number two, is that Jesus would come to this earth and redeem those, purchase them, buy them back, who surrender their lives fully to Him, and He will adopt them as His own. Parents and grandparents, the greatest gift you can give your kids today, the greatest gift you can give your kids is not buying them more stuff under that tree. The greatest gift you can give your kids and grandkids today is living a surrendered life to the gift that hung on that tree. It's the greatest gift you can give. They're going to pass it on for generations. The Bible says in Titus chapter 2, 11 through 14, Titus 2, 11 through 14, for the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people, training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age, waiting, I love this, waiting for our blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Anyone else waiting for that day? who gave himself, why? Why, church, help me here. Gave himself, what? To redeem us from all lawlessness and to purify us for himself, a people, for his own possession, adoption, who are zealous for good works, who are zealous for obedience, who are zealous for holiness, who are zealous for righteous living. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 9, verse 15, Hebrews 9, 15, therefore he is the mediator of the new covenant. He's in the middle. So that those who are called may receive, there it is, receive. Here's the gift. Are you going to take hold of it today? May receive the promised eternal inheritance since a death has occurred. Did you catch that? That redeems them from the transgressions committed under the first covenant. One of my favorites under this key number two is 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 18. 1 Peter 3, 18. This is what the Bible says, the Word of God. It says this. Listen closely. For Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous. There it is. It doesn't make any sense. Like, how can you do this, Jesus? This is so unfair to you. Why? That He might bring us to God. Like, that's the whole point of Christmas right there, that He might bring you to God. That here you are, here I am, and we're way over here. We are far off. 
We're children of wrath. We're condemned. We walk in darkness. We are stuck in the muck and the mire of selfishness. And Jesus goes, wait a minute. I want to bring you to God. I'm going to bring you to God. I'm going to free you today. That's the purpose of Christmas. And lastly, the Bible says this in Romans 8, 12 through 18. Romans 8, 12 through 18. So then, brothers, we are debtors, not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you've received, you see the receiving? Here's the gift. Grab hold of it. But you've received the spirit, what? The spirit of adoption. As sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. Abba, Father, have your way and my life should be our prayer today. The Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. There's confirmation there. If you're a true believer, there's confirmation. And if children, then heirs. And this one blows me away. Heirs. Heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ. Provided. Provided. This is a fun part, isn't it? Provided we do what, church? Suffer. We suffer with Him in order that what? we may also be glorified with Him. And then Paul puts a big red Christmas bow on verse 18. He puts one of those red bows you see on a car, right? For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy or worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed in us and all God's people said. See, suffering while standing for the truth, are tied together. If you think you're somehow going to stand boldly for the truth and not suffer, you're just fooling yourself. But how do you get through it? How do you really get through this? Like, like how, do, how do you get through this life that is so discouraging and there's so many disappointments and so many challenges? How, how do you get through? Actually, let's ask this question. How do you become more than a conqueror, as Paul would say? That we are overcomers. That we are overcomers. Hyper victory. Running clock. Mercy rule is what he's saying. How do you do this? Well, it comes back to this one little point we just talked about as I close, and here it is. The point of Christmas has nothing to do, zero to do, with time off and presence under a triangular tree. We're talking nothing, like zero. And yet, what have we made the focal point of Christmas? Time off and presence under a triangular tree. You know what the point of Christmas is, don't you? If you've ever been adopted, and maybe there's some in the room that have, there's this thing called a gotcha day. You know what I'm talking about? A gotcha day. And a gotcha day is very interesting. It's a day where in the physical flesh, this family who's adopting this son or daughter officially says, I got you. I got you. Like you're mine. My fear is that there's people sitting inside churches all across our country that have never had a spiritual gotcha day. It's never happened. And that is the whole point and purpose behind Christmas. That you, that I, would get set free from the enemy of self 
and that we could truly say, Jesus got me. I've given everything to him, and my life is no longer my own. How about you today? Have you truly given your life to Jesus? You don't know what tomorrow may bring. None of us are promised. None of us are promised another breath. You're either surrendered or you're not. Which one are you? Oh, I pray today that you leave here knowing the true purpose of Christmas. And I pray if you've never given your life to Jesus, I pray today will be your day. Amen. Father, we come before you. and Lord, thank you for sending Christ. Lord, this is an amazing, beautiful day you've made. Beautiful sunshine, cool weather, family, friends, presence. Lord, all those things in and of themselves are, are not bad. But Father, we confess that we've made it the main thing. Oh Lord, I pray. I pray you've stirred someone's heart here today, Holy Spirit. I can't do it. No other preacher can do it, but you, Holy Spirit, you can stir. So I pray today that someone in the church house or watching online or listening on the radio today will fully give their lives to you that they will receive by faith, that they will take hold of the most precious gift ever, eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord, that they will become adopted as a son or a daughter today, that they'll finally get set free. Because God, in the fullness of time, at your perfect sovereign point, you said, Jesus, it's time to go. At the perfect point in time, you said, Jesus, the cross is waiting. And at the perfect appointed time, you said, Jesus, it's time to run out of that grave and forever conquer sin because the tomb is forever empty. Oh God, I pray today that Christmas from this point forward will never be the same. May you raise up men and women and students and children to count everything else as loss. To know you as true Savior and Lord. We worship you on this day. Have your way with us right now. Holy Spirit, have your way with us right now. May we not resist. May we not rebel. May we simply in great humility surrender all to you. And we pray this all in Jesus' name and all God's people said, amen. You've been listening to This Day in the Word, the radio teaching ministry of This Day Ministries. Don't forget that all of these messages are archived and are free to download at thisdayministries.org. That's thisdayministries.org. In addition, if you have been blessed by the teaching of God's Word during this day in the Word, we would love to hear from you. Our email address is info at thisdayministries.org. Thanks again for listening as we strive to honor Christ and impact our world as we spend this day in the Word.